Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm David Lipscomb, Director of Strategic Communications for PBI. Before we get started, we want to remind you of PBI's 2016 Annual Conference coming up on March 23rd to 25th in Washington, D.C. To get more information about the conference and register, visit www.probonoinst.org conference. In this episode, we present part two of our interview with Pam Wanzell of Fredrickson and Byron. PBI's Eva Richardson spoke to Pam about why she comes to PBI's annual conference and the benefits of bringing along both senior leadership and younger attorneys from her firm, among other topics. Pam also gave us a preview of a session during which she'll be serving as a panelist at this year's conference. We hope you're comfortable wherever you may be, whether that's mid-commute, on your lunch break, working at your desk, or perhaps registering right now for PBI's annual conference. And we hope you enjoy part two of Pam Wanzell's interview. With the PBI annual conference quickly approaching, um, we're in full-on conference mode here. And you've been a very regular conference attendee over the years. Uh, so I wanted to ask you what you get out of the conference and what have been some of the highlights for you. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I've attended for a number of years. I think I've I've been to probably 18 conferences, 17 or 18. And what I get out of it obviously changes throughout the years. Mm-hmm. When I I remember very clearly attending my first conference at the Willard Hotel and walking down those steps and seeing Esther Lardent talking to Jim Bailey, and I was petrified. I was like, oh, fish out of water, but I was not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. First conference, um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was interesting, and I learned so much. I learned then what... Um, what a very large footprint PBI had, uh, what a, a remarkable organization, and to go somewhere and have the ability to see um, and hear about other programs and to get ideas and, you know, being fresh to the program, it was an opportunity for me to just gather information and be able to bring it back. And as I continued to go, I was able to form relationships with other firms outside of the um, Twin City area mm-hmm. and to hear about the things that they were doing and, again, to get ideas. And as I mentioned, build those relationships because oftentimes we become siloed in our own community and being able to have that opportunity to reach out and form friendships, um, and get ideas from other people. It it helped me grow. It helped our program grow, and it became referral sources back and forth. So now when I go, you know, now I'm I'm a mentor, I'm a teacher, but I'm still learning, and I'm still building those new relationships. And that's, I think, one of the wonderful things that the PBI conference really provides. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's so important. We'd love to see the various relationships and partnerships that form kind of as a direct result of the conference. Um, Correct. And over the years, you've often brought some younger attorneys um, that are on your firm's pro bono committee to the conference. Um, what has this experience been like for them? Well, I think it's eye-opening. You know, again, you know, we have a very strong pro bono culture in Minneapolis, and everyone knows about our program and each other's programs and the commitment that the community has to pro bono. Mm-hmm. But I think that having other lawyers, um, newer lawyers, younger lawyers, 
even shareholders, attend the conference, they see how important it is to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves, whether it's, you know, finding out that, yeah, what we're doing at the firm, you know, we're innovative or, you know, we need to focus on something else or this is a different way of looking at it, all the way to the fact that, you know, being able to mix and mingle with corporate pro bono folks Mm -hmm. and seeing how important that is to sometimes our own clients. So, you know, for them to see beyond our own community, to give them a national view and and even to a point uh, a worldview of pro bono Mm -hmm. and the impact that a program can make, I think is, is really exciting for them. And they come back jazzed and excited and give me lots of things to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, and you mentioned getting firm management to come to the conference as well, which we love to see when that happens. Um, how did you get this? How did you get this to happen? And why is this so beneficial? Well, you know, I'm really lucky. Um, my firm management has always supported pro bono. It's one of the reasons why you know we were. Um, you know, uh, one of the firms, I think we were like the third firm in the Twin Cities here in Minneapolis to have a uh, dedicated position mm-hmm. uh, to pro bono, even though I started part-time, but it was still, you know, someone's job to formalize the program. So we've, we've always been really lucky um, that firm management says, yes, this is important. This is who we are and and have supported it. And then, you know, probably about, oh, gosh, maybe six, seven years in to um, me attending with committee members, uh, we discussed it and decided that it was important that the members of the board of directors um, attend the conference, and we rotated them through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the benefits of that is, you know, while ev- the board as a whole supports pro bono, again, just like taking someone else, uh, an associate, to it, we were able to show them a broader view of pro bono, um, the impact pro bono can have. Um, they got to meet their peers. They got to meet corporate clients mm-hmm. and really saw the connectedness of the pro bono community and came back with some good ideas. You know, when I go by myself, I can only attend so many sessions. But when you bring someone else, you can sort of double it up. And I remember one year, one of my board members came back with the idea that we want to make sure that our senior of counsel stay with the firm and do pro bono if they want to. And while we had done that informally, um, after that, we really did formalize it. And we have one lawyer right now that's full-time pro bono, Mm -hmm. and the firm supports him completely, and we pay for case um, support for him. And he's actually taking an innocence case, and it's a huge commitment for the firm. And that idea came from a board member attending that conference. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So, it's, so yeah. It's, yeah, very, very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's really great. Um, and you've also served as a panelist on, on many, in many different sessions at the conference. Um, and you've led Law Firm Pro Bono 101 several times in particular, um, which for those listening is a session that we have every year designed for those who may be new to their positions or for those who have recently created or uh, restructured a formal pro bono program. So I just wanted to kind of see what you uh, thought about this session. Did you enjoy working with brand new people? 
Um, and can you talk a little bit about what this was like? Sure. You know, it's it was a, a very good experience. I've done it, like you said, a couple times now. And it's always interesting to, you know, go around the table, um, have people introduce themselves, find out where they come from, uh, whether they are lawyers or non-lawyers, if they've, you know, um, been a managing partner in one case or a legal aid lawyer for 20 years in another, but they're new to their firm's pro bono program. So, you know, I think the the benefit is, um, you know, again, pro bono, one size doesn't fit all, you know, and we have, we can learn from each other so very much. And I recall sitting, you know, at that session and, and talking about what we do here but also, again, getting those ideas, because I think one of the things that the conference does, and in the 101 in particular, there's no, you know, dumb, dumb questions at all. And people are new to it, and, and by asking those questions, it creates a discussion. Mm-hmm. And that discussion can lead to new ideas. And so I think that one of the things that is so great about 101, but again, the conference, is the ability to, again, look outside of your own uh, program and look at pro bono through a different lens and hear about different ways that different firms, different offices um, do things within their own communities. And then you can take those ideas and sometimes you take them and use them or sometimes you tweak them a little bit depending on your situation and circumstances. And to me, it's enlightening, um, but it also reinvigorates because, you know, like I said, you know, been here 20 years, you don't want it to get stale. You have to keep it, you have to keep it exciting. Mm -hmm. And by doing the one-on-ones, you know, you see that excitement. Yes. And you get to bring it, and you get to bring it back. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, And at this uh, year's upcoming conference, you will be a panelist on a session designed for mid-sized law firms. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you give us just a little sneak peek and discuss some of the best practices for pro bono programs at mid-sized firms? Well, I think that, you know, um, a mid-sized firm, again, it, um, you know, it depends on the commitment of the management. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some mid t- mid-sized firms, they're going to um, take that safe route for, for maybe years. And do the sort of the retail, you know, go to the housing courts or doing the wills or, you know, something that doesn't test the boundaries of their um, ability to support pro bono. And whether that's um, resources relating to um, legal services, so whether they give credit to their lawyers uh, or not, or the out-of-pocket expenses, mm-hmm. um, I think that every firm has to look at what they can do. One of the things that we've been able to do here, and again, it's through relationship building quite often, but also the support of the board of directors, is we continually reaffirm our commitment to not only pro bono, but to our lawyers that want to do pro bono. And by building very strong relationships within the community, both here in Minneapolis, but nationally with organizations, but with other law firms, we've been able to take on larger cases. Um, the human trafficking case is a great example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Ron Tabak, who's at Skadden, sent out an email to, you know, people that he knew saying, here's this opportunity. I was on that email. We responded. I took it to the 
board of directors and said, this is a really important case. I don't know where it's going, but can we do that, this case? And it might be expensive. And they said, yes, it's the right thing to do. It grew beyond what we thought, but we were very committed to it. And again, our board of directors put the money behind the case. Mm -hmm. But we got that and we were able to manage that case because of the relationships and leveraging those relationships. So the cost of the case was spread along 12 firms and the Southern Property Law Center. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't cheap, but, you know, we did it. And, And that's that commitment that management has to take, but it's also based on those relationships that you make by having a dedicated person in the role of pro bono coordinator, director, counsel, whatever you call it at your firm. Right. And do you have any other tips for mid-sized firms or advice or? You know, I think, I I think that the, in any program, you know, small or mid-sized, getting to know your lawyers is key, whether you do it, you know, I meet with every lawyer that comes to this firm one-on-one. And I talk to them about what their interests are and encourage them to do um, pro bono. I think one of the things that, you know, I say here is that, you know, invite your clients Mm -hmm. to do pro bono with you. Invite your colleagues so you don't want to be siloed. Um, Even in a mid-sized firm, you know, we're on eight floors and we have a variety of different departments. And our lawyers can become isolated oftentimes. And if you're a lateral, you didn't grow up with a summer associate class. Sometimes, you know, you lose touch with people. And so I try to encourage people to get out of that silo. And, and pro bono is a great integrator. Pro bono is the new golf. Uh-huh. You know, you can't golf in Minnesota in the wintertime. <laughs> but darn it, you can do pro bono together. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it's a way of people to work, you know, with each other um, that normally wouldn't work together. Um, I have people in my Bismarck office doing work with a lawyer here on an innocence case, and they talk to each other on the phone all the time. And when my Bismarck lawyer comes here, he has someone that he knows face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that, no matter your size, that you can do to make your program a success. Um, and then giving people a variety of things. You know, but it's, it's getting the, the commitment from management, knowing what your boundaries are, and then working within that to build those relationships and those those teams. Oh, that's some really great advice. Thank you so much. Once again, that was Pam Wanzell of Fredrickson and Byron. We thank Pam for her insight and for being such a loyal attendee of PBI's annual conference. Just a reminder, if you're currently at a mid-sized law firm, you don't want to miss Pam's session at the conference, Making Pro Bono Successful at Mid-Sized Firms, which will be held on Wednesday, March 23rd. Pam also mentioned that her firm participated in a multi-firm legal effort to assist Indian citizens in pursuing claims of trafficking, a case that was discussed by John Fleming of Sutherland, Aspill, and Brennan in a previous episode of the Pro Bono Happy Hour. The conference will feature a session on the case and how law firms can work together, which will also take place on Wednesday, March 23rd. Visit www.probonoinst.org conference for more information and to register for PBI's annual conference. To listen to more podcasts in this series or learn about additional pro bono resources, visit www.probonoinst.org podcast. If you're interested in having your firm featured on the pro bono happy hour, 
please email us at probono at probonoinst.org. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pro Bono Happy Hour.